This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, listeners to this podcast may well be sick of hearing about Boris Johnson, but this morning the lead story in The Guardian in London and prominent in other newspapers is more news of Johnson, the former British Prime Minister, the man who led the Brexit campaign, led the Tories to an 80-seat majority in 2019, and who had to leave and be dismissed in disgrace, really. He's a desperate character, but he's still in the news, and he still has fans. But among those fans are not the civil servants who have been investigating Johnson. He is subject to an investigation by the the House of Commons Privileges Committee, The question is whether or not he lied when he said that there had been no breaches of the COVID regulations in Downing Street. That was clearly a lie. He's in big trouble. And the seven-member committee will be coming out with their findings soon. If he's found to have lied to the House of Commons, he can be suspended and there may well be a by-election in his constituency. But it gets worse because... Civil servants now investigating this on behalf of the House of Commons Committee have found more evidence of breaches of the COVID rules. Some of these are criminal offences and some took place at Chequers, which is where Johnson spent quite a bit of time during COVID and there is photographic evidence of him not observing the rules and therefore the Tory party is now in a mess again, a Johnson-created mess. And we're joined now from London by Chris Johns to discuss this man. Chris, it's remarkable, and there's more that will emerge during our conversation, it's remarkable how this man manages, A, to evade apprehension, B, how he got to where he was in the first place, and C, the fact that there is still a segment and a substantial one in the Tory party would, that would like him to be the leader. Yes, Eamon, as you say, it is remarkable that a man that sowed so much chaos for Britain, its political system, its economy, 
um, just life in Britain has been degraded by uh, Boris Johnson over many years now. And as you say, there has, appears to be evidence that he uh, allegedly broke down, uh, broke some more COVID rules by entertaining people during lockdown at Chequers. There are also rumours swirling around. I've no idea whether they will be confirmed or not, that there is yet more evidence of more parties in Downing Street or gatherings or illegal get-togethers. So we wait and see. Uh, as you say, there is a rump within the Tory party, a significant one that still thinks he's a winner, that their best chance at the next general election will be only if Boris is leader. I don't think there's any chance that they will replace Sunak with Johnson or anybody ahead of the next general election. But as we've discussed before, the race to succeed Sunak is on yes. because the uh, assumption is that they will lose the next general election. And Johnson is firmly in the frame as one of those people who could replace Sunak as leader of the Conservative Party. Um, it, it is incredible. Uh, the, I think it mystifies a lot of people. It certainly mystifies me as to how this man, who has caused so much damage to so many aspects of British life now, still retains that rump of popularity. But we must recognize it for what it is. He does attract a certain segment of the population. And it seems no matter what he does, they pe these people will always, always find him a an attractive figure. I mean, there is a read across, if you like, from what Donald Trump once said about himself. Yes. Which is, you might fa remember famously, he said, I could go and shoot someone in the face in Fifth Avenue and people would still support me. And in a way, I'm not suggesting that Boris Johnson is likely to shoot anybody. And um, this is the situation for Johnson. These ultra-right-wing populist leaders are popular. Yes, and I should say that the civil servants working on behalf of the House of Commons Privileges Committee have reported what they found, not just to the committee, but to the police, because they believe a criminal case may be required in his case. He has sacked his own lawyers and is seeking to re replace them. There is also another issue which involves Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, and that is Boris Johnson's resignation honours list. Every Prime Minister who resigns or leaves office is entitled to nominate people to the Lords or to give them a knighthood, and Sunak has held on to Johnson's resignation list, which by now should have been made public and settled, and people now are saying he should not allow some of the people on that list to go where Johnson was. In other words, he should be not allowed to give a knighthood to his father, Stanley, who is a known abuser and broke Johnson's mother's nose with a punch. He is a domestic abuser. The other thing, of course, Nadine Doris, who is one of his most loyal cabinet ministers, somebody many regard as not being fit to be in a cabinet, she was the one who threatened the BBC with becoming a subscription service in 2027, which would have effectively shut down the BBC as we know it. She was also the minister as Minister for Culture who threatened Channel 4. It is said that on Johnson's resignation list, 
she is going to the House of Lords and she will be Dame Nadine Doris. This is kind of incredible stuff, isn't it? Yeah, just more incredible stuff. There are, I think, one or two other Tory MPs reputed to be on that Yes, list. there are. I, for- I forgot to say that, Chris, that this could mean, and this is something Sunak and Tory leaders w- will be thinking about, three by-elections would be required if he pursues his present course and successfully gets these people out of the Commons and elevated upwards. So... Four by-elections, if you include Boris's own seat, if the yes. Privileges Committee sanction him in that way. Yeah, and Sunak, Sunak doesn't want these by-elections because they represent proper opinion polls as to how he's doing. So that's the last thing he wants. If he had any backbone, he would simply cancel Johnson's resignation list and say, you're not doing it. And opinion is divided as to whether Sunak is simply trying valiantly, although somewhat unsuccessfully, to protect his flanks from this lunatic fringe, right-wing fringe of the Conservative Party, which has consumed every Tory leader since and including John Major in the 1990s. And so as a matter of pure practical politics, you'd say he he has something to worry about from this uh, right-wing rump of MPs, the ERG and ERG types. Um, so the keeping a Braverman in the cabinet rather than sacking her for multiple offences, not just the most recent one which she's been cleared of, is an example of people asking, well, is he simply doing the pragmatic thing and keeping people inside the tent, or is he actually just displaying no backbone whatsoever? I think it's probably a bit of both, to be honest. He's very worried about what these people could do to him, given what they've done to every single Tory leader for decades now. Um, Johnson himself uh, represents a threat to Sunak. Uh, I think that these questions that are piling up for Sunak um, will lead many people to conclude that the Tory party is in such a dysfunctional mess that nobody could lead it effectively, backbone or no backbone. I think it it is quite possible that we are witnessing the disintegration of this party into factions from which it may not recover. Yes. Um, We shall see. It's been the natural party of government for centuries in the UK, and they've shown remarkable ability to reinvent themselves. But they're really down deep into a hole now, from which it's very difficult to see them escaping. Indeed, with all of the um, revelations about Johnson, the stuff about Braverman, all of the sniping from the sidelines of people like Rhys Mogg and all of the other right-wing crew, um, the hole appears to be being dug deeper, to be honest. Now, let me tell you something you may not know, Chris, about Boris Johnson, where he was last night. Las Vegas? He was, Yes, correct. I should have known better than to challenge you. He was at the Bellagio Hotel, one of the iconic hotels in Vegas, and he was giving what they call an after-dinner speech. To get a ticket for this, you had to pay $4,000. And that's interesting in the context of what Boris did last week, or what news emerged last week, that he had paid cash £3.8 million for a very large home in North London. It also, the same story disclosed that he'd made £5 million sterling in after-dinner speaking work since he left office, which is less than a year ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's been making a lot of money. It's not just from speeches. It's from 
upfront fees for books that uh, he habitually doesn't write. Uh, <laughs> one of the things about Johnson, of course, is that he he doesn't uh, go in for detail. He doesn't actually go in for hard work. This is one of the things that, that really does distinguish Sunak from Johnson. Whatever you can criticize Sunak for, he is across the detail. He is a very hard worker. I'm not sure if there's much else you can say about Sunak, but he is across the detail in, in the way that Johnson never was and still isn't. And you can see this if you read the transcripts of some of these, spe these speeches that he has been making and very handsomely rewarded for. I have no idea why people are paying good money for these speeches, because they are rambling, unprepared uh, anecdotes about this, that, and the other from Johnson's life. They don't make any substantive points. They don't supply the audience, God bless them, um, with any insights or value for money. Um, they, uh, they're the most extraordinary rambles, very Johnsonian in the way that we have seen him do so many times in the past. Because one of the great myths about Johnson is that he is a great public speaker. And, and it is revealed. There was one speech he made a week or two ago in Africa, actually. And um, you just think that all around the world, um, fools and their money are, are very, very easily parted, or they've been sold a bill of goods. And they must have come away from these uh, events where they have forked out huge amounts of money. Very, very disappointed people. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Now, Chris, if, as you said earlier, the Tories are struggling approaching the next election, it could well be, if he's still an MP, that the members of the Tory party will summon him because he's a winner. That's what the record shows, actually, because even 
discounting the Brexit victory, which was 52-48, and the 80-seat majority in 2019. Twice he's been elected mayor of London before that, and after his first term in office, he was in roughly the same place he is now, perhaps not as disgraced for lying, but he certainly had a checkered history in his first term, yet he he won a second term. People seem not to be able to resist him, but it is drawing fire. Also in The Guardian this week, there's been a piece by one of our most precious contributors, Peter Oburn. Peter, as I'm sure you know, is an outstanding journalist, twice journalist of the year in Britain, and he has a book and a website, The Lies of Boris Johnson, and he, he tracks it. However, he's now said that we know Boris Johnson is a liar in his latest piece, but Rishi Sunak promised truth and integrity. Where is it? Now, it does appear that Sunak, as you said earlier, Chris, is weak, and if he continues to obfuscate and mislead his colleagues about things, which he is doing, Johnson will have corrupted him in a way. Or is that... I think that's fair, Eamon. I think Johnson corrupts everything he touches. And many people have said this, that anybody that comes within his orbit, be it a political colleague or a family colleague, ends up in some way being very damaged by the experience. And that just is an empirical truth. There is plenty of data to support that. And sometimes it's inadvertent. Sometimes it's not the fault of the person that has somehow been come too close. That is the black hole of Boris Johnson. And I think Sunak is in in that category. I do think Sunak is a man of truth and integrity. Actually, I think unlike Johnson, he believes in what he's saying. And the, the and it's very I think interesting to contrast the two men. Johnson, for example. I don't think ever believed in Brexit. He famously wrote those two articles, pro and anti, and decided to publish the pro-Brexit article simply because of a cynical political calculation. I'm going to be a Brexiteer because I think that will advance my political career. Sunak, on the other hand, is (laughs) mistakenly, I would say, a committed Brexiteer. He actually does believe what he's saying. So he has that level of integrity, intellectual integrity at least, that Johnson doesn't have. I think Suella Braverman is very much in the Boris Johnson mode, in that she has decided that personal political advancement is to be gained by appealing to the right wing of the Tory party, and in particular its members, who ultimately will be uh, the ones that cast the deciding votes for who is the next leader presumably after the next general election. So I think Sunak does believe what he says. I don't think Johnson does. Um, But the problem that Sunak has got is that Johnson has infected all sorts of different aspects of British life, but in particular, the Conservative Party itself is now stuffed full of these apparatchiks, these carpetbaggers, these people who see that advancement, political and career advancement, the, the example has been set by Boris Johnson. So whereas Sunak might have genuine integrity himself, he's surrounded by people who do not. And uh, this is his problem. He can't get rid of all of them. If he got rid of everybody in his cabinet that had told lies, that had committed major or minor offences, who were just very nasty people, if he got rid of everybody in the cabinet that wasn't actually any good at their jobs, because this is the other legacy of Johnson, is that most of them 
are incredibly mediocre politicians. They're just simply not very good at what they do. So when you add all of that up, Sunak has been dealt the ultimate hospital pass. What he's trying to do, I think, is impossible. At the moment, you cannot clean the stables. That is the the mess that the Tory party is in at the moment. So I think he's sincere when he talks about truth and integrity in principle. But when he comes to trying to deal with it in practice, it represents a fire hose of absolute BS that's coming his way. And it's very, very difficult. I'm not saying I'm particularly sympathetic. He should have seen this coming. He sought the leadership. It wasn't thrust upon him. Um, And he's now, I think he's got the ultimate impossible task. Yes, and last week, we should remember, the Deputy Prime Minister, Dominic Raab, resigned. He was under severe pressure because in his previous job as Foreign Secretary, in fact, he had been accused of bullying and it had been investigated and the evidence was very, very strong indeed. So bullying is also a charge that can be levelled. The question here of Johnson and which way the party may go is critical not just to to Britain, but to Ireland and indeed to Europe. A figure has emerged again yesterday, and it's the London School of Economics figure. The cost of Brexit so far is five billion and rising, and that's just in the food area. Yeah, this was a study that uh, the LSE produces quite regularly, actually, and it was an updated uh, set of estimates. And it points out that between the end of 2019 and March just gone, uh, food prices rose by 25 percentage points. And their analysis shows that without Brexit, um, that would have been eight percentage points lower. So nearly a third of food and non-alcoholic drink inflation in the UK over the last three and a bit years has been as a result of Brexit. And that's just because of something, this gets a bit geeky, I'm afraid, called non-tariff barriers. There aren't any tariffs at the moment between Britain and Europe because of the trade and cooperation agreement that was struck. And they're coming. And this is one of the issues that has faced car makers most recently in the UK, for example, the threat of a 10% tariff um, uh, on batteries means that the electronic car manufacturing industry in Britain could be toast. Um, so food and, and uh, drink inflation is um, 30% uh, higher than it should be uh, as a result of Brexit. These are incredibly important figures. There's, they join lots of other data. The OBR, the official budget watchdog that looks at all of these things and, and uh, fact checks everything that the Treasury actually does with respect to fiscal policy, reckons that Brexit is going to cost us within a few years four percentage points of GDP, which is enormous. I mean, we economists bandy around these percentages, that, uh, jargon like GDP, but the fact is that the effects of Brexit have already been very, very large and are only going to get bigger. These are now well-established truths, well-established facts. And this is something that Sunak finds very hard to deal with. Um, Because as a committed Brexiteer, as I say, unlike Johnson, he's not an opportunist when it comes to his beliefs about Brexit. Um, It's quite clear that uh, he's fighting a losing battle when faced with all of these these, uh, Brexit numbers, which of course show up now in the opinion polls. Daily, almost, we get a new opinion poll 
um, saying that people who voted to leave are now regretting it. And an increasing majority of the British population now think Brexit was a big mistake. But a bit like the um, supporters of Johnson, there's always going to be a large and significant rump who will never give up their belief that the sunny uplands of Brexit lie just a, a short time in the future, if only they would do Brexit right. That's a very Nigel Faragist um, response to all of this. And, and I think they're always going to be to be around. But Brexit is damaging the, EU econ- the UK economy big time. Um, and Sunak has to deal with this. So, by the way, does the Labour Party. And of course, the great omerta, uh, the great silence around Brexit um, from Keir Starmer is notable. And there's a huge debate going on about whether he should come out and, and deal with all of this. Um, but the pressure is also on the Prime Minister, as I say, because he is a committed Brexiteer. And the fundamental problem that he faces is that this is <laughs> we live in a world where everything is connected to everything else. We've also had today um, the publication of record immigration figures. And, Bre- and one of the key yes. promises of Brexit was that they, it would cut, control the borders. Remember all that stuff yes. and that we would cut, cut immigration? Take back control is the phrase. That was the, that was the, the slogan invented by, by Dominic Cummings. And the, 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 the real truth is that they have taken control of their borders. They implemented a system based loosely on the Australian points-based system of immigration that the more skilled you were, the more you got paid, the more you would be welcome in the UK. So what that has meant is that immigration from the EU has collapsed, but immigration from Asia and Africa has exploded as all of these skilled uh, migrants come in to do, to do jobs that are very necessary in the UK. And this is the way it's linked to that inflation debate. Because if you were to suddenly wave a magic wand and stop all of these people coming in, because they are coming into work, they are coming into work in the NHS, they're coming into work in the in the fields picking fruit. They're coming in to do very necessary jobs for which Britain currently doesn't have the workers. And if you simply say, "Okay, well, we're not going to take you anymore. We're going to say you can't come," which they are free to do. Um, uh, the government is quite free to say, "Well, we're going to pass a law saying no more immigration." And um, then that would just lead to even higher inflation because you wouldn't. You'd have to pay people in the NHS more to attract workers from Britain. You'd have to pay farm workers more to pick strawberries in the fields because that's what these immigrants are doing in part. So if, if he wants to do these things, and this kind of everything connected to everything else story goes to the other big debate, the other stick with which the right wing and Boris Johnson included beat Sunak over the head with, which is that he's put taxes up to a 70-year high in the UK. So they say cut taxes. But what they don't realize in the, the way in which these things are connected, in order to cut taxes, you have to cut government spending. So what are you going to cut government spending on? The NHS? No. It's in a mess, as we know. Education? You can't do that. Cut defense spending, given the international environment? Not a chance of that. So they're not prepared to deal with the consequences of their action. So when Sunak included um, is included in that list of people that says that he wants to cut immigration, he is actually, I think on this one, not acting with integrity, at least not acting with intellectual integrity, because he isn't explaining to the British people. Um, he's not explaining to his own party and his own backbenchers or calling for him to reduce taxes, to reduce immigration, what the consequences of those policies would be. They would not like them. 
at all. They wouldn't like the higher inflation um, that would result uh, and the lower GDP that would result from uh, cutting immigration and uh, cutting taxes. Yeah. Now, as a former chief economist of the Bank of Ireland, Chris, this is your special subject, and I'm going to quote to you from Peter Oburn's piece in The Guardian. He says, Rishi Sunak has surprised me. In common with almost everyone else, I thought he would represent a reversion to traditional politics after the malign chaos of Johnson and Truss. But that has not been the case. Take Sunak's promise to reduce debt. It's one of his five pledges that he made. Stopping the boats is another one. Neither Sunak nor his Chancellor Jeremy Hunt, Peter Oburn writes, plan to reduce debt, as the March budget statement made explicit. On the contrary, it appears they mean to increase it substantially while telling voters the opposite. According to the latest figures from the Office for Budget Responsibility, net debt stood at $2.5 trillion at the time of the budget and is projected to rise every year until 2028, by which time it will have advanced to $2.9 trillion. Sunak should be all too familiar with those numbers, yet he lied. Now, Peter Auburn has been writing about lying prime ministers since going back to Tony Blair. He's an expert on the subject. As an economist, Chris, what's your take on that particular pledge that he made to the British people? I think he's going to be a bit economic with this one, or economical with the truth, and say what I meant when I said cut debt was that I would cut it as a proportion of GDP. Right. And that, that because, I, because I'm going to grow the economy, which is one of his other promises, um, I will be able to get that ratio down. He's certainly not going to get the absolute level of debt down. That's uh, on current and trends into the far future just isn't going to happen. But I think this speaks to a wider point about Sunak. And we've all been asking, what is the real, who is the real Rishi Sunak? And what we're beginning to understand is that there is a very hardworking man uh, who was head boy at his school, his his very elite private school, who got a very good degree from Oxford, and um, is, 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 is a business school apparatchik. He's not a man of ideas. He's not a man of vision. He's very hardworking. He's across all the details, I said, as you would expect somebody with that kind of background to be. Um, he's not particularly radical in any of his thinking. That's how you get to be a head boy, I guess, in, in elite public, public schools. Um, he, he's a business school graduate, and so he, he is used to working very hard. He's used to dealing with people like himself. He's not used to dealing with sharks. He's not least used to dealing with charlatans. And um, if he was, I think, um, a normal Tory politician in a more normal British-style world, at least looking at history of, of the way in which British politics evolves, he would currently be learning his trade as a junior minister in a relatively minor ministry. So uh, I, I fear that he has been promoted way beyond his abilities. And I think he's, I do actually think he's a decent chap, but I don't think that he understands fully all of the implications of all of the promises that he's made. And, and, that, and as I say, um, you know, the, the economics of this are very complicated. And if you promise to cut immigration, 
if you haven't thought through what that actually means for your economy, what that actually means for workers in the NHS, workers on the farms, then it shows you, it reveals you to be quite a shallow thinker. And I think that's what we're learning about Sunak, is that he means well, but he's well out of his depth. A final question, Chris, and it brings us back to what we began talking about. If Sunak is a decent chap, as you say, won't he look at Boris Johnson's honours list, look at the idea of Sir Stanley Johnson and Dame Nadine Doris and other cronies which apparently occupy that list and say no. Yeah, if, if he is... Isn't this, this another sport, test he's been put to? Yeah, that's the right way to think about this, is that Sunak is being tested, as every Prime Minister of the United Kingdom always will be. Sunak is being tested, and the particular way he's being tested is over his promises to restore truth and integrity to British politics. Now, if he passes this test, he has to say to Johnson, sling your hook, you're not getting your honours list. It it is perhaps becoming the test of Sunak's promise to restore integrity. If Johnson is allowed to make these clowns um, receive their knighthoods from King Charles, to sit in the House of Lords, then I think we can all conclude that Sunak, having promised integrity, has failed that test. Okay, Chris, we're very grateful to you for joining us from London. Thank you very much indeed, I should say, to Chris and another valued contributor of ours, Jim Power, have their own podcast. It's called The Other Hand and it's extremely informative, particularly if economics are your thing. And these days, economics are all our thing because we're feeling the heat. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.